0: This is The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. Well,
1: it is the Hockey Show brought to you as we always like to bring to your attention. The All-American Order Group at locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge and Point Pleasant and Slomans. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. Boy, you talk about highs and lows of a season. You talk about highs and lows of a postseason. You talk about highs and lows within a five-day span. It was only last Sunday night that the Garden was electric. Rangers trailed 3-2. They get the game-tying goal from Zibanejad with about five-plus minutes left in the third period. They get the power play in overtime. The power play in overtime, which was successful from Panarin, And the Rangers beat the Penguins in seven games. Well, one goal later after two-plus games, and now the Rangers are trailing this best-of-seven series, two games to none. They've scored one goal in about 125 minutes. And when you actually think of how many minutes since the Rangers have last scored a goal, they scored a goal in game one, five minutes in, and haven't scored another goal since. So let's recap where we are. And now we look at what happened. And we'll we'll start with the game last night, game two. Then we'll take a break, come back, look at game one. And then because we need to, and it's the right thing to do, really kind of put a bow on on the series against the Penguins, which was a tremendous, tremendous victory for the Rangers. So Rangers suffered the heartbreaking loss in game one. Obviously had a feeling, kind of knew Carolina would come out better in game two. But it felt more like a feeling um, feeling out than game one of this series. Both teams not not really generating a lot of offense in the first period. Uh, Rangers weren't able to generate much on the power play at all in this game. Carolina had the better chances, actually. And in the second period, Rangers got a four-minute power play. A double minor so four minutes, and you start thinking about, well, you got to get at least a goal. And maybe if you score a goal in the first two minutes, you get the second power play, and you wind up with two goals. Well, you wind up with none, and in fact, Carolina winds up with the goal.
2: But Aaron couldn't get it through. Hurricanes moving ahead. They'll have a possible two-on-one. Ajo down the right side, in front, score! Brendan Smith, shorthanded goal, center.
1: It really was a a gorgeous pass from Ajo. Went right through the five hole of of Adam Fox, right onto the uh, stick of Smith. He deflects it past Igor Shosturkin, and that was it. I mean, you could have turned the game off at that point. Rangers didn't quit. They killed off a five on three. They kept themselves within striking distance, but it's very difficult to win in this league when you don't score any goals, and that's what the Rangers are are finding out. So again, after the goal, uh play didn't really open up all that much. Not a, a lot of high-quality chances or shots for for either team. Really Rangers shuffle up the lines in the third to try to get something going. Even pulled Shisterkin with uh about 3 minutes to go in the game. Got some chances, didn't convert, and then very very late in this one, Aho, uh with Jessturken out of the net, did this.
2: But Aaron forced deep seconds but Aaron quickly up the middle broken up by Aho he shoots and scores into the empty net Sebastian Aho makes it 2 nothing Carolina
1: and that is Kenny Albert yet again right here on 987 ESPN Aho with the goal unassisted empty net 2 nothing score 2 nothing final and the Rangers to now win this series have to win 4 out of the final five potential games to be played. Your three stars in game two. Sebastian Aho with the goal and an assist. Brendan Smith, former Ranger, with the game-winning goal. And oh, by the way, the number one star, also a former Ranger, Antti Ranta. Uh, 21 shots thrown his way. Every single one was stopped after the game. A dejected, but never all that miserable, Gerard Gallant. Here he is on the loss in game two. It was a good hockey game. Low shots, a battle, both teams. Yeah,
3: no, it could have went either way again, obviously.
1: Well, could have gone either way. Game one should have gone to the Rangers. Game two probably shouldn't have, and in fact didn't. More from Gallant. Is it frustrating to not leave either of these two games with a victory in Raleigh?
3: No, it's tough. I mean, we came into this building earlier in the season twice and we got dominated. Fifty shots, I think. We came in here, we played good defensive hockey, battled hard. We only got one goal. That's the disappointing part of it. But, you know, we played a good hockey team. We played good hockey and, you know, fell short a little bit.
1: So what do you do? You get ready for the two home games now coming up. I got to tell you, if I was ever a coach of any sport and my team had that happen in two games, I would not be as... I guess magnanimous, not be as, as uplifting, not be as positive as one Gerard Gallant. But, you know, that's the tact he's taken all year long. That's the tact that he takes. It's, it's worked for him so far. He did it against Pittsburgh. He did it after game one. And he'll. Uh, this, this is just who he is. He's a very optimistic head coach. He, he's got to be, even if it's just behind closed doors, frustrated to the nth degree with the offense from this team. I mean, that was the one thing that you looked at and said that they score goals, right? You have Panarin. You have Kreider. I mean, the kid line is playing well right? Strom can score. I mean, you have guys that can put the puck in the net, but it hasn't been like that at all in the series so far. So, Coach, what's the disconnect been with this offense?
3: I wouldn't say that, Molly. I would say it's two teams not giving up either. They were first in the league. We were second in the league. There wasn't a whole lot of ice out there for either team. You know, they're disappointed we didn't take advantage of our power plays tonight, and that we haven't said that too often this year. So, that's the tough part of it, but overall, I you know it's a tough game. It's a battle game, and,
1: you know, they're a good team. Best defensive team in the league. Yeah, but you can't afford... I mean, think about this. You had a four-minute man advantage. You ended the four-minute man advantage from tied to down one, and now you're shorthanded. So that is just absolutely brutal. What, what's going on with the power play? Here's the head
3: coach. I'm seeing a great penalty kill, put a lot of pressure on them, and then we didn't find the, the inside man very often in the slot, you know, the bumper guy. They put a lot of pressure, and we just didn't adjust real quick
1: enough and got to compete a little harder, I think. Is it, is it that simple? Just go compete harder? Are you being out-coached in this series, maybe? I mean, you're not even getting chances. Uh, in the entire four-minute, well, you didn't have a four-minute man advantage, right? You had a three and a half minutes, and then you took the, the penalty on your own. But in that entire time, did you muster one good scoring chance? The answer to that is no. So something's got to change. It's, it's just grit. It's just going out there and, and digging the puck out. I don't, I don't have the answer. Jacob Truba, after the game, give us your thoughts on uh, on game two.
2: Uh, not bad. I mean, tight game. We had our looks. We in a little bit of a hole. We're going to go home and and work our way out of it.
1: They have no choice. They have no choice. They got to win three. I think it's fair to say that these next two are must-wins, right? Maybe you come back from down 3-1 against Pittsburgh. You're not going winning two of the final three games in the series in Carolina. So game three and game four are as close to must-win as you could possibly have when your season is not actually on the line, more from Jacob Truba. Do you have to take advantage of of them when they defend more than they attack?
2: I mean, the obvious answer would be would be yes. I mean, they're they're a good defensive team. They're good in their D zone. Get more pucks in net, more bodies in net, more more traffic. Create your own luck. Create your own bounces. I think that's got to be a little more of our mindset.
1: The Rangers played seven games against Pittsburgh, and one of them was was triple overtime. So that's in essence another game. So that's eight. Now you've played two games against Carolina. You've played ten plus games at this point. And it's the same thing. We got to shoot the puck. We got to get chances. We got to put the bucket net. Good things happen when you throw it in net. At at what point is it not okay the way you're playing anymore? I I don't know how as a Rangers fan you couldn't ultimately be so frustrated right now. And the power play, which was so good all season, has been a tremendous struggle so far in this series. Here is Jacob Truba. What's gone wrong with the power play?
2: I mean I think they've done a good job. I think you gotta give them some credit, they're aggressive, they they force the plays. I think it's not gonna look pretty all the time. I think they're they're pressure pretty hard. It's gonna be one pass to kinda of break the pressure and get your get your look and that's where you're gonna get your chance. It's not gonna be as much passing around, moving around, hitting seams, making making the plays you set up because they don't allow you to do that.
1: Rangers even had a four on three power play, then a five on four power play. They, only, they, they barely had a power play at all in game one. So you can't say the power play was bad because it was nonexistent in game two. The power play was frankly, it was bad, bad. Uh, all right. Here's Frank Vetrano after the uh, contest, the loss last night in game two. What's the disconnect right now on the offense?
2: I think we so. just got to find a way to generate more. We've done it the first round all year. You know, in the playoffs, uh, that
0: space is a little harder to get, so we just got to find that extra balance and just that extra space to, to create offense.
1: One more from Vitrano. Is it frustrating not to capitalize? Not that you have a million chances, but the chances you have, is it frustrating not to capitalize on those?
0: I think you left frustration in your game, especially this late in the season and playoffs. I think we just need to do a better job of just second and third chances. I think we throw pucks in alley like Treep just get bodies to the net and keep whacking away, make it hard on their goaltender and get more of a forecheck and be hard on their D. And it's not like we're not doing that now. We just got to create those, those bounces and those second and third chances.
1: I'll tell you one thing, as annoyed and frustrated as you are as a Rangers fan this morning, when you hear Gallant, Truba, and Vetrano, they they don't they don't sound like they're panicked. They sound like this is you know what? It's okay. It's going to be fine. I don't know that it will be, but that's exactly what they sound like. All right. So, again, that was game two. Next, we'll look at game one. We'll look at the recap of game seven, which was one of the most thrilling games you could ever possibly imagine. This date in hockey history. Islanders, of course, with a new head coach. We'll get into that. So there's a lot for us to do. Oh, and oh, by the way. Oh, yeah. A giveaway coming up later in the show as well. So get ready on this. What is going to be a scalding hot Saturday outside? You hear this? It's supposed to hit 95 degrees. So stay inside. Stay cool. And we'll spend the morning together. Rothenberg with you. It's the Hockey Show on 98.7 ESPN.
4: Andy from Merrick presents today's Defensive defensive Analytics. analytics. Sponsored by Slomans, the leader in home defense. Speaking of protecting your home, how does home ice factor into a team's success in the playoffs? In the more than 4,000 NHL playoff games played to date, the home team skates away with a victory. More than 55% of the time, that number increases dramatically when the home team has a closeout game with well above a 60% winning mark.
0: Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net. This is
2: Tom Laidlaw of the New York Rangers. You are listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg on
4: 98.7 ESPN New York.
1: And we roll along here on a Saturday morning. It is, of course, the Hockey Show on 9870 ESPN. I'm your host, fearless, I'd like to say, think, thank uh, Dave Rothenberg. So we've been through Game 2, which took place last night. Now we need to turn our attention to Game 1, which took place a couple days ago on Wednesday night of this week. Obviously, the Rangers, and we'll, we'll get into the game seven in segment three. Now we're currently, you are currently ensconced in segment two here on the hockey show. So it's game one against the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, a daunting task, a very good team. But early on, what you saw was the Rangers having really the better of the play. And I don't know if you want to go as far as saying dominating the game, but as we sit here and look at game two, now the game one is in the rear view. Um, mirror, right? Rangers knew they needed to start in this series strong, and they really, they did, because early on in period number one, let's take a listen to our very own Kenny Albert.
2: And now the Rangers move it quickly into the Carolinas on cross ice pass, shot, score! Philip Hedel gives the Rangers a 1-0 lead in game one.
1: He sure did Heedle as the Rangers kind of broke in Pass from Alexei Lafreniere it was the second for Heedle at 707 in period number 1 Lafreniere with his third assist Rangers had a one nothing lead one nothing lead stood for the rest of the first period one nothing lead as the Rangers mind you had chances Rangers clearly getting the better of the play Rangers had more chances uh ironically uh Ranta who stood on his head, the former Rangers goalie, kind of standing on his head for many moments. And the first 40 minutes, this, it really was all Rangers. So the kid line comes through again. Rangers dominated most, I think it's fair to say, most of the play had the better scoring opportunities in, in the first 40 minutes, first two periods of the game. But you knew there would be a momentum swing. And I guess the question was, could the Rangers answer the bell? Uh, and and the ultimate answer is they could not see what happened in the third period is it was the ice was completely tilted hurricanes turned it on completely in the third they hit not one post but two and with the rangers still leading one nothing capo caco had a i mean to say a wide open net would be a tremendous understatement it was a rebound the goalie was out all he had to do was tap it in to really, in essence, an empty net. I don't know if he he rushed it or if it went up the side of a stick and it went wide, but he missed the net, would have made it 2-0 and really would have been game, set, and match. Rangers would have gone with a a win in game one. He did not. They did not. And then the closing minutes of the third period, it took 57 minutes, but it finally happened.
2: And now carried back across by Teravinen. Up ahead now to Aho. He shoots, scores! So Sturkin made the first save, and then Aho knocked it in. With 2.23 remaining in regulation, the Hurricanes tie it at one. So
1: 1-1. Of course, Kenny Albert is heard right here on 98.7 ESPN. Aho with uh, the goal, his third of the postseason at 17.37. So the Rangers were two minutes and 23 seconds away from wrapping this thing up. But 1-1. And we got to the end of regulation. We go to overtime, and I had a couple thoughts at the end of um, at the end of regulation. I cannot deal with another triple overtime loss like they had in Game One to the Penguins. Go out there and let's get the win. So we head to overtime, and unlike Game One against Pittsburgh, it didn't take all that long because three minutes and twelve seconds in, sadly, this happened.
2: Right circle shot, he scores. This puck is going to get
0: deflected, I think, by Jacob Truba in front.
2: Yeah, it was Ian Cole who took the shot. And it was. And he beat Shusterkin for the game winner.
1: Well, it looked like it was just a soft goal from Shusterkin. Ian Cole with the goal. His first of the postseason, 2 1 is your final score. But in fact, uh, Lindgren was in front. And deflected the puck in. It was a, a gorgeous deflection. The only problem is it was in front of his own net. It's a goal. You heard the crowd explode. And now we have a 2-1 Carolina win, taking a one nothing series lead. Uh, ice was completely tilted in the third period. Rangers had no shots on goal for the first 14-plus minutes. And it really was a disaster. You could see what they were trying to do. Let's get to the end of the game. We don't care if we get a shot on goal. We don't care if we get an opportunity. We don't care if we cycle the puck in the, uh, in the hurricane zone. Just keep it away from our net. It worked for 17-plus minutes, but in the end, it just couldn't work overall. Your three stars of game one, uh, Sebastian Ajo with the, uh, obviously, game-tying goal at 17:37. 37 Antti Ranta, um, 27 saves, 28 shots, a 964 um, save percentage, and, and Ian Cole, with the game-winning goal, his first of the postseason, the overtime special, and the final there is two to 2-1. Like I mentioned, third period was really just an unmitigated disaster for the Rangers. Here is the head coach, Gerard Gallant, what exactly went wrong in the third.
3: And they put some pucks in there. They hit the cycle going and they were desperate and they played real hard. And you know, that's that's hockey. You know, you're not going to dominate a team. Not to say we dominate it, but you're not going to you know get everything going your way. The first 40 was our way. We played great.
1: Now, you hear the head coach say that's just hockey and that's the way it plays out. And, you know, we're not going to dominate a game for 60 minutes. Well, we didn't dominate. Well, you kind of did. And they kind of did. And I think that's what made this so disappointing is. The Rangers were clearly the better team for 40 minutes and led 1-0 at the end of two periods, but easily could have had a, a 2 or 3-0 or lead. So if you want to say domination is a bit strong, I think that's fair, but the Rangers were the better team and should have probably had more than a one-goal lead. Now, the line that consistently, and this is remarkable, that has been consistently the best so far this postseason for the Rangers has been the kid line. You get a, another goal, Right. Heedle on a pretty pass from Lafreniere made it one nothing. The only goal of the night here is Gerard Gallant saying the kid line was was great. They were really special, but they just needed one more. Heedle, they were outstanding. I mean, that goal they scored,
3: And then they had four or five other great chances. So it would have been great if they could have finished another one. But uh, they played a
1: real good hockey for young guys coming in here. And, uh, and I'm real happy with them. I'll tell you what, if you had a concern with the Rangers after one game of the series, it would not be that kid line. In fact, the, the it's funny because coming into the postseason, a lot of questions were, what, what is Kako going to be? He was hurt down the stretch of the regular season. And what did he have left? And Lafreniere never been in moments like this. That's the furthest thing that, that's been an issue for the Rangers. The best piece of the Rangers Consistently, I mean, when you really think about it, Zabanajad has given you great moments, but has been inconsistent. Panarin, I don't think, has been great at all so far this postseason. Um, you know, Lindgren's been out. Shostakin's been excellent in stretches, but had to be pulled from two games in the in the first round series against Pittsburgh. If I said to you, what's the most consistent thing that this team has right now? Amazingly enough. It is the kid line. All right, here is Zibanejad, uh after the game. Not not all that down. Really still somewhat optimistic, saying, overall, you know what? Let's be fair. We we played a pretty good game.
2: You know, for the most part, half of that period we played pretty well and then started sitting back a little bit too much maybe. thought um, I thought we played great for the first 50 and had some good chances as well to, to make it 2 nothing. And they got their push, they got their goal, and they won an overtime. But there's a lot of good things that we can take with us from this game.
1: There are a lot of things. Again, I think the kid line was really good. I think they really limited chances for Carolina through the first 40 minutes. I thought the goaltending was excellent. Rangers had a lot of opportunities. But it's the same song and dance we've had uh, through the entire postseason up to this point. You have to get bodies in front of the net. And, I mean, shoot the puck. Just throw it on net, especially when you're in a, in a, in a game that close. Right. If you're Calgary and Edmonton and you have 15 goals scored, fine. You know what? Maybe you can't just score by throwing it at the net. or Maybe you can. But if you need to, to put some beauty on a goal, fine. But in this situation, just throw it on net because you never know. Look at the game winning goal in game one. You never know. All right. Here is more Mika. Do you feel like your team didn't capitalize enough with their chances in game one? Yeah, I mean, we
2: would like to score more goals, but at the same time, I thought we controlled the play. We did a lot of good things, and to get those chances again, I'm sure we'll we'll score a couple more.
1: Well, they're going to have to because you're not going to win maybe any, certainly not many games if you're the Rangers and you're scoring one goal a game. So you'd think three is maybe the magic number. One, it's just, it's just not enough. And here's the thing that you have to think of as well. The power play. The Rangers had what? like like 30 seconds of power play and, or, or, or 90 seconds of power play because it was wiped away with what Ryan Strom did. So it just, it, it just was, truthfully, it wasn't a lot of power play time. And that's where the Rangers have been so good all year and all postseason. The power play has been special. And if you don't get the opportunity, now five on five, there's even more pressure on your team. Uh, one of the members of the kid line, of course, scored the only goal for the Rangers in game one. Here is Philip Hedl. And he was asked, what made your line so effective in the opener of this series? We just play our game, just moving feet, Just play what we play the whole first series. And that and worked with a lot of good chances. We've scored only one, but yeah, we can take a lot of positives to another game and, and build on this game. Oh, they sure can. I mean, they, they, they had a million chances, and, and they could have easily scored two or three goals. Just that, that line on its own. And again, we've been over it. The, the, you know, you blow a game with two and a half minutes to go. But the, the play or the play that didn't happen, which rings true, which is really difficult to digest, is when Kako had the wide open. net Because he puts it in and we're not talking about Carolina having won game one. We're talking about the Rangers in this situation taking a one nothing series lead. But you know what? It's playoff hockey. And this is what happened. So how, in fact, did we get here? You know, we, we haven't been on since the Rangers had a, you know, one of, I think it's fair to say, not, not top three or five, but one of like a, a huge win in franchise history. They were down 3-1 to Pittsburgh. They won game five, game six, and of course, game seven. We haven't been on with the hockey show since game seven has taken place. We don't want to forget it, so let's discuss it. We will next right here. It's the Hockey Show on the Saturday morning on ninety eight seven. ESPN. Let's get a little extra money in your pocket. Andy from
4: presents Wager Plays, playoff edition for the weekend of May 21 and 22. Tonight, Colorado continues their series with the St. Louis Blues. Too much firepower on the avalanche side makes a solid money line and or over selection. On Sunday, the Rangers return home for game three of their series against the Hurricanes. 3.30 Puck Drop can be watched on ESPN TV and, of course, can always be heard right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. The fans of the Broadway Blue Shirts will be at full throat with their Let's Go Rangers chant. Is that an advantage for the Rangers? I would bet on it. Andy from Merrick's Wager Plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. Gambling problem? Dial 877 8 OpenY. ny or text H-O-P-E-N-Y
0: now back to the hockey show with dave rothenberg presented by the all-american auto group the number one ford auto group in the northeast learn more at allamericanford.net
2: this is adam graves of the new york rangers you're listening to the hockey show with dave rothenberg on 98.7 espn new york
1: Uh, thank you adam one of my good friends in the world of hockey adam graves Oh, I have a story about Adam. It is Dave Rothenberg with you on a Saturday morning. As always on the Hockey Show, 98. seven ESPN. So we went through game one, we went through game two against Carolina. You know how we stand here in the uh, second round series. I guess we call it the Eastern Conference semifinals. But the Eastern Conference quarterfinals or the first round, however you prefer to analyze it, to say it, to call it, to name it, we can't overlook it. And that is how the Rangers, again, had a remarkable, remarkable comeback. We've seen this over the last decade from this team. Down 3-1, they stare it in the face, and it, it never seems to be too big. Well, last Sunday, Game 7 at the Garden. Now, I was there. Adam Graves was there. Stefan Mateau was there. R.J. Santillo, my producer on the mornings, D.P.H. and Rothenberg. Ryan Hurley, our program director. Was there. Who was oh not there? Oh, my God. Yeah. Who was not there? Yarkin? No, Shostyorkin, thankfully, was there. Who was not there? My co-host. Guaranteed to be there. Was not. Did not go. And my goodness, did he Uh-oh. miss the game. For the ages. So, fever pitch. Madison Square Garden. They sing the anthem. The place is excited. Electric. Towels are waving, people are screaming, Potvin sucks chants are happening. It's all taking place at Madison Square Garden. Rangers come out, weren't playing beautifully, to be honest, to start the game. Didn't matter, because it's 7.36 after Shosturkin made a couple of sensational saves. Well, the man who had the most goals of the regular season, he lit the lamp.
5: So Panchet two on one, score! Chris Kreider! And the Rangers, after a wild sequence on one side, take a one-nothing lead in game seven.
1: That's right. A one-nothing lead in game seven. That of course Ed Cohen on the call. He tagged in to help out with the New York Rangers. You heard that right here on 987 ESPN Zabanajad. And Schneider with the assists, one nothing at 736. Now, with a minute nine seconds left, Heinen scored on the power play. Um Carter and Rodriguez with the assist. So we go to the end of the first period and it is now one to one midway through the second period. Now, I think it's fair to say, even if you dislike the Rangers, it kind of feels like every call that could go either way goes against the Blue Shirts. We saw it in game one, right? Rangers scored a goal, waved off, triple overtime against Pittsburgh. And they lose the game. Well, in this all-important Game 7, Jake Gensel scores a goal. But maybe he doesn't because it really looked like he touched the puck uh, above the crossbar. So that's not going to be a goal. They're going to wave that off. Well, they go to replay and Toronto looks and they look and they decide and they finally decide, you know what? Good goal, Gensel, and it was a gorgeous goal, mind you. He actually kicked the puck up to his stick. His high stick, or what should have been his high stick, taps it in, his eighth of the series on the power play, and now there's panic. There's panic at the Garden. There's panic in the ESPN suite. I'm yelling at people, but I didn't yell for long because a minute and five seconds later, Keandre Miller.
5: Cop near right side cross ice Miller shoots deflected in front and the Rangers score Ryan Strome got to the front of the net as Keandre Miller fed it across and New York's tied the
1: game at two in game seven. So tied it to game seven and we talk all the time about just shoot the puck, just put the puck on net. That's all you have to do. Well, you know what? And you heard Ed Cohen mention uh, Ryan Strom. It never made it to Ryan Strom. Tipped off a defenseman's skate into the net. Now we're 2-2. So at least for a few moments, you felt a little bit calmer when it came to the Rangers. Rangers had a power play. Garden Electric. But at seventeen twenty-four, Evan Rodriguez. See, it kind of felt like Shesterkin was, do I come out? Do I not? What do I do? He decided to, he came out, then he went back in the net. Rodriguez had a head of steam, tapped it in, shorthanded goal, his third of the postseason unassisted, and now the Rangers stared a 3-2 deficit right in the face. Now, we talk about specialty teams in hockey all the time, so think about this for a moment. Heinen scores on the power play in the first, Gensel scores on the power play in the second, and in the third, shorthanded from Rodriguez. Rodriguez. So things, or I guess late in the second, things were, were not looking great for the Rangers. Now I become apoplectic in the ESPN suite. And I did not intend for this to be that way. But now I, I guess for lack of a better term, I'm, I've taken over the suite. I, I, I literally, I've taken over the suite. I turned to Adam Graves and said, I need room to roam. We've heard about this. I need room to roam. All right. So let me just set the stage for you. What, what the suite looks like. You have... What is it for Maybe 16 seats down at the bottom. And then you have steps that lead up. And then behind the seats, you have kind of two high tabletops that have stools in front of them. Well, the stools are just taking up space. So when I started to commandeer, I took a stool and I just passed it back. I said, Hey, Pat, put this, put this in the back of the suite. So it's not in my way, but there's not one or, or two chairs. There's, either four or six that go all the way across. So we start like, like a chain gang passing them back. And who's the anchor of the chain gang? Adam Graves. And he is now taking stool top seats and you know now piling them in the back of the suite. So the scene is, is electric. I'm telling people twice the size of me, members of the FBI, mind you, get out of my way. I need to be here. I could have been arrested, but at that moment I didn't care. Rangers trailing three to two. My program director, the great Ryan Hurley, turns to me and says, "Don't worry, there's nothing to worry about. We got it." I said, "Got it." I said, "We don't look good. We're trailing three two. Who are you to tell me we got it?" But we go to the third period, and the Rangers trailed three to two. But like Ryan Hurley said, we got it, and oh, we got it.
5: Marino batted around, taken by Coppers, a bad catch. He scores. Oh. Mika Zibanejad is tied Game 7 with 5.45 to go. It's 3-0 at the Garden.
1: Oh my goodness. So 3-0 at the Garden. Ryan Hurley was right. Pete Simkowski was yelling. The place was electric. And for the final 5.45, you had nothing. Now Zabanajad with the goal. His third cop with the assist. So you know what that means. We go to overtime. And in overtime... The Rangers got a power play. Gerard Gallant turns and says, you know what? Timeout. I want my number one power play unit to be rested, to be fresh, and to be able to put the puck in the net. And at 4.46, they did just that.
5: 15 seconds with the man advantage. Fox, grip in top the to right circle, moves in, shoots, off the it's in. Oh! It's over! Artemi Paneri scores, and the Rangers have won Game 7 oh. in overtime.
1: Unbelievable. And you hear the excitement, and it felt like Pete Stemkowski starts to speak another language. Unbelievable. But yes, the Rangers with the win, 4-3 on the power play, Adam Fox and Zibanejad with the assist, Panarin with the goal. He was not great in the series, but he found a way in the end, and it wasn't just Ed Cohen. It wasn't just Pete Stamkowski. It wasn't just the 18,000 other people in Madison Square Garden. No, no. I also was losing my mind as I watched that game-winning goal. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. And that, of course, is what took place at Madison Square Garden. Rangers win it 4-3. Uh, Evan Rodriguez with the goal and an assist was your third star. Mika Zabanajad was your second star with a goal and two assists. And with the game-winning goal, Artemi Panarin is your number one star. Here is the head coach of the Blue Shirts, Gerard Gallant, after they won the series on Panarin getting the game-winner.
3: He's the guy when I was in the overtime, I said to myself, I know who's going to score if we score. If we get the winning goal, it's going to be him. And sure enough, he, he makes a great player. But that's our team. You know, we compete, we battle, we, and we find ways to win games that maybe we shouldn't have. And Chesky was really good tonight. So.
1: But it's a team effort from our group, and that's what we like about it. You know, when you look back at that series, the amazing thing is, and I think it's fair to say, now, I do believe the Rangers should have won game one. I thought that was stolen from them. But for the most part, Pittsburgh seemed like they were the better team. And remember what the Rangers did. They didn't just come from behind from a, a, a 3-1 deficit. No. They trailed game five at the Garden to nothing and came back to win. They trailed game six in Pittsburgh to nothing and came back to win. And they trailed game seven, 3-2, with six minutes to go and came back to win. That goes down as a, an incredible, amazing, phenomenal. Whatever adjective you want to use, use it. Because it's deserved for the Rangers. Here is Gerard Gallant on coming back from a 3-1 series deficit.
3: It sure fits this team. There's no doubt about that. They find a way. And again, I'm really proud of them. I knew tonight was going to be a battle. We talked about the seventh game being at home, but uh, we fell behind most of the game and we found a way to paddle
1: back. Everything is a battle with this team, but we've seen it. We've seen it in the past. They did it against Pittsburgh. Years ago, when Marty St. Louis, right? The death in the family comes back. They come back from a 3-1 deficit. They did the same thing against Washington. Down 3-1, win 5-6-7 at home. And if you remember, I was in the same suite watching the game. Derek Stepon scored the game-winning goal, and I spilled red wine all over my then co-host, Ryan Rucco. So they do have a history of coming back in this situation. And all year long, this team has been resilient. And here is Jar Gallant after the game on third period comebacks, kind of being the M.O. for this club all year.
3: Seemed like we've done that quite a few times this year. You know, trailing, going into the third period, we find a way to get back. And, and also, it wasn't a big, uh, big deal for us. Obviously, the game's a big deal, but uh, we've been a real good third period team.
1: Uh, amazing. Really, whatever happens now, you hate to say it because you never want to lose. But this team, right, was, was not really expected to go to the postseason. And then they get to the postseason. And a lot of people thought they'd beat Pittsburgh. But when when the series really got down to it, you probably had a moment thinking to yourself, this team is not going to win this series. You make the final eight. And this team is not Tampa. This team is not Pittsburgh, where, you know, maybe they're towards the end of the run. They are at the infancy stages of the run. And to get here, let's be honest, is pretty darn impressive. All right. Here's what we're going to do here on this Saturday morning. Quick break. Come back. Look ahead to what we have with the Rangers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay? This date in hockey history and a couple of more nuggety, exciting moments as well. It is the Hockey Show on a Saturday morning right here. Where else would you be but 98.7 ESPN? Today's Hockey Heart Spotlight
4: shines again on the rangers garden of dreams foundation if you're celebrating a special event or looking for a motivational talk get a personalized rangers legend video from adam graves brian mullen and others with a charitable donation to the garden of dreams foundation the foundation continues to provide for young people facing illness or financial challenges as well as children of uniformed personnel who have been lost or injured while serving our communities. Request and receive your favorite Legends recorded message by going to give.gardenofdreamsfoundation.org. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the law offices of Andrew M. Cohn, for two decades providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516- or go to the web at amcoenlaw.com
0: Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford Auto Group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net
1: Well, it is the Hockey Show, as we've had ups and downs this week. Of course, last night, very down. Um, Wednesday night, very down. Last Sunday, very, very up. So, like I say, the ups and downs of the week in the Rangers fandom. Uh, It is the Hockey Show, as always, brought to you by Slowman's. Call 1-800-Alarm-Me to receive a free doorbell camera. With the installation of your Slowman Shield, keep your family safe. Just call 1-800-Alarm alarm me well let's go in the way back machine let's get doc brown to get us the delorean the flux capacitor all of it yes and let's go back and take a look at this day in hockey history may 21st 1981 i was eight and butch goring scored two goals in the first period to help the new york islanders defeat the minnesota north stars 5-1 at the nassau coliseum game five of the final and to win the stanley cup for the second consecutive season now billy smith saved 24 shots uh, but faced 10 shots only after the first period Uh goring voted winner the con Smythe trophy as playoff mvp after scoring 10 goals and finishing with 20 points in 18 games and that was Only halfway to what they wound up doing in that unbelievable run for the Islanders who won four in a row and again went to the Stanley Cup finals five consecutive seasons. Right now, though, we're in the midst of a Tampa team that has won two in a row, has won a round and has completely taken control of their series against Florida. So I don't know that we'll see four or five, but you know what? This Tampa team has a chance to go on just a phenomenal, phenomenal run. All right. Uh, I promised you giveaway when we started the show. It oh is, my god! Yeah, that's right. Big news! It is now giveaway time. What we have right now is a devil signed puck to give away to you. It's very easy to enter. Here's what you do: you text goal G O A L to four four two zero two. Again, that's goal to four four two zero two. We will select a winner at random and send them the signed puck all from your home for the hookup. Your good friends right here on 98.7 ESPN. We're not done yet, though. No, we're far from done. Last week, we mentioned, of course, how the Islanders had fired Barry Trotz. It didn't take them long to find his replacement. Lane Lambert is your new head coach. Let me give you a little background on Lambert. Served as the associate head coach for the past four seasons with the Islanders. Will be the head coach moving forward. Quote, I had the opportunity to work with Lane over the past four years, which includes spending time with him on a one-on-one basis when he served as the interim head coach this past season. That was Islanders president and GM Lou Lamarillo. Uh, In my opinion, he is the right person to coach this team. Now, prior to his time with the Islanders, Lambert spent four seasons As an assistant coach with the Washington Capitals, uh, working for, you guessed it, Barry Trotz. During that period, Washington won the franchise's first and only Stanley Cup title in 2017-2018. The Melfort Saskatchewan, if you are scoring at home, yes, he's from Melfort Saskatchewan native. He spent three seasons as an assistant coach with the Nashville Predators. Uh, from 2011 through 2014, Lambert served as head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals of the American Hockey League from 2007 to 2011 and helped the Admirals capture a pair of this is important stuff Western Division titles uh, 08, 09, and 10, 11. Uh, prior to joining the Admirals as an assistant coach in 2006-2007, Lambert spent one season as an assistant coach for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Coming full circle, the Islanders AHL affiliate. Lambert started his coaching career in the Western Hockey League, better maybe known as the WHL, spending two seasons as head coach of the Prince George Cougars. That dates back to 2003 to 2005. So Lane Lambert uh, replacing Barry Trotz as your new head coach of the New York Islanders. Right now, Let's take a look at the upcoming schedule presented by the All-American Auto Group at locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant, the number one Ford Auto Group in the entire Northeast, allamericanford.net. Well, again, all Rangers playoff action can be heard right here on 98.7 ESPN and, of course, on the all-new, and it's gorgeous, the all-new ESPN New York app. So, tomorrow, Game 3. 3 o'clock, like we mentioned, from the Garden, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, Dave. Y- y- yes, Anthony? Is
3: there going to be another DNR excursion to Game 3? There was rumors about it on
1: Friday. I don't think so. No. No, I don't I don't think so. I think Rick has really failed in his duties as a, a man that, that wants to, to get to, um, to a game with friends. Wow, um, I was going
3: to say, whose fault is it this time? Because usually well, it's RJ's fault.
1: Wasn't RJ. Now, RJ being babyish to not want to stay out all night and, and really party our faces off, uh, he's to blame for what happened after game seven. But he did, in fact, attend game seven. Who did not? won Rick DiPietro. So I, I don't think we're going to have an excursion to game three, maybe game four, uh, maybe ooh. game six, because I'm thinking optimistically, Anthony. That's why I understand. I think, yeah. Well, when will game four be, Dave? Oh, it's a great question, Anthony. Uh, now, mind you, before I even get into telling you when game four will be, do you know how you can get tickets to game four?
3: Well, no, they, they got to be sold out or they're probably oh, like $600 so, sold on out. StubHub. So,
1: sold out. There's a little program known as D-P-H-O and Rothenberg from 5 to 8 every weekday morning on 9870 SPN. On Monday morning, Anthony, hopefully after the Rangers have won Game 3, we're going to have multiple pairs of tickets to Game 4 to give away. Big news! Jazz hands! Oh, huge, gorgeous news. Now you say, when is Game 4? I'm glad you asked that question. Game 4, Tuesday, 6.30, right here on 98.7 ESPN. And it says TBD, which means to be determined, which means if necessary. But I'm I assuming we're going to have a game on Thursday down in Carolina. I can't tell you a time, but I can tell you, hopefully, we're going to have a, a game five down in Raleigh as the Rangers take on the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, so there you have it. There's a big bow on this one, a very disappointing morning after the Rangers. Really a had, had, real good opportunity to win game one, certainly, and had their chances in game two. Uh, power play cost them, shorthanded goal from Carolina, and the Rangers sadly lost game two down. In Carolina. That is it for us here on this Saturday morning. Uh, big thanks as always to uh, Andy from Merrick, our executive producer Anthony Pusick, who's, who's a confidant. He's a producer. He's a friend. He's an audio man. He's an everything to me. And of course, the great Ray Deanahan as well. Joe Wiz is next and then I'm back with you at nine o'clock. Lot of Rangers, lot of Mets, lot of Yankees lot of conversation. Have a great morning. I'm back with you in just an hour right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Thanks for listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.